Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Perfect. Yeah, so we'll be bringing up uh, Brian Neal on Instagram Live when ready, and welcome, everybody. Oh, Jake. All right. Let me, let me get... Uh...
Brian online here. Thank you for your patience, everyone. We're trying out something new. We'll see if it works. <laughs> There's my wife here. Can we bring her on? So uh, we, we got, hey, I want to welcome to the stage Brian Neal. He is the Super Bowl referee. You may have seen him during the Rams Super Bowl. He is uh, an amazing speaker. He has a company. And the real reason I wanted on him here, because he's a person that understands illumination lessons and stories. He has a company called Blind Zebra. And I think it takes a lot of cojones to be a NFL Super Bowl referee and start a company called Blind Zebra. Uh, Brian, <laughs> welcome to Clubhouse. What's up, babe? How are you, brother? I'm doing great. I'm in Dallas. We had uh, what uh, dinner last night with Randy Garn and Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. Cubans here. We got a panel today with Baritone, uh, which is translating my podcast, believe it or not, into 33 languages via AI. So I don't even have to learn that. My mom was wrong. I did not have to study Spanish. I'm much better. AI uh, does that. But let's get into helping people because you're a guy. So, you, you, you know, you're an NFL referee. You're also a sales uh, teacher, coach, mentor, and you decide to, you know, brand yourself. And, you know, you and I both, I never imagined five years ago, I even argued with Gary V about branding myself. I thought that was stupid. Um, but now I think it's imperative, no matter who you are. I don't care if you're a plumber, if you're Terrence, the plumber, I don't care if you brand yourself, Terrence, the plumber, you know, for you, you, you had it made. I mean, you had a great sales uh, gig and you're an NFL ref, yeah. Super Bowl ref. Now, you know, why is it so important for a guy like you to brand yourself? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny that you even brought Gary because that's where – thanks for having me on, by the way. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I went to see Gary. I spent a whole day with him and his team in New York uh, about four or five years ago. COVID screws up my timeline. I forget when it was, but it was four or five years ago. And uh, went to Hudson office there. And – um, you know, he talked to each of us individually, and, and he spent um, probably 90 minutes with us. And with me, you know, for 20 minutes, all he talked about was you got to personal brand yourself. He said, it's been every dollar you've got in personal branding. I was kind of like, you know, I think we're doing okay here. The NFL is a nice brand that, you know, I'm attached to. And most people know Brian Neal. But it was it was really about turning it into something. What does it represent when people see um, the actual logo? And if, you know, people listening have I was trying to think of a way to put my football um, into the brand. And so I'm like, what do people call referees? Well, he calls blue ref, um, you know, zebras was a thing. And then most of the adjectives that I wanted to describe us with, I can't say in a personal brand, you know, <laughs> like a-hole and stuff like that. So I'm like, hey, blind, okay, that's pretty good. Um, and it's so crazy, Dave. When people, and then my VP of marketing put the yellow, this was all black and white. Now that's a yellow accent for yellow flags. So everything's intentional on purpose. So people watching this personal branding has to be intentional on purpose. And it's got to connect to your personal story. Cause I've got a big long story that I talk about from the stage about my grandpa signing me up for little league football, about my relationship with my dad and what football meant to me. And that led me from that place to the Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl 56, um, which you were, uh, you know, right in the, second row of watching me uh, try not to screw the game up but all of it is wrapped up in this it's all wrapped up the story comes through and you're right everybody um uh you know bo eason storytelling coach bo eason uh went and spent a day with bo in his uh in his living room to help me with my story 
And he said, here's what's cool about your personal story. You're the only one of you ever has been, ever is, and ever will be. There will never be another, another David Meltzer. There will never be another Brian Neal. And if you just speak. What happened to Dave? I don't see him on the stage anymore. Jakey Bakey. Yeah, Dave is joining right now. Thank you, everybody. Like six different platforms. And uh, I, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, to that measure, here's what happens to most people they get excited about building their own brand. They buy into Gary, they buy into me, they buy into other people talking about you should invest every penny on the personal brand. And then they start investing in their personal brand and they're not Gary V. They're not Tony Robbins, right? They, they look at, you know, all I have is this many uh, speaking gigs or, you know, this many interviews or this many opportunities. And I've spent all this money. Um, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of myself in building my brand was, you know, I put a budget together uh, with Gary and, and I don't even have to say the amount, but it, it was a big investment in myself. And he asked me, what result do you want in the year one? And I said, I want two ambassadors. And he said, you're going to spend all that money for two ambassadors. I said, yeah. He said, I'm not getting that, Dave. He said, how many followers do you want? I said, I don't care about followers, right? Yeah. You know, followers will change platforms. They'll, they'll be there. But I want ambassadors. And those two ambassadors will tell everyone, hey, you need to be coached by David Meltzer, you need to be going to his speeches, you need his books for free, his exercises, his guides, you need to show up to his free training or clubhouse, whatever it is, and they need to get me two more people a year themselves. And just those two people, getting me two people who can get me two people, when I would turn 70, because I started this when I was just turning 50, I'll have 2 million people getting me 2 million people. Uh, that's a significant brand for those that, if you have 2 million ambassadors, getting you 2 million ambassadors. I don't care viewers, followers, whatever, because I know how the message and the brand is resonating with the spectrum of people that are on the same spectrum of people that I'm on my neighborhood. How have you been able to be so patient because you do have a lot of other stuff going on. And my biggest fear in even coaching you is like, shit, Brian's a Super Bowl referee. He's investing all this money and He's not going to see like any big results, you know, probably until he's about 90% of the way to a result. And that could be yeah. years. So what do you say to those people, you know, that are making that investment, but not seeing results? Yes. And, and you say that in, in coaching me, you're really good about this. Uh, Gary V says it. Uh, he talks about patience all the time. And the, the, everyone wants the magic bullet, the pixie dust thing, the thing that's going to like, they think there's this propulsion up there is no such thing the magic bullet in my opinion the only magic bullet is consistency that's the only bullet whether it's weight loss whether it's building an audience whether it's growing a business it's patience and and, and then consistent behavior that's all it is um i got into the i wrote down on a note card that i wanted to ref in the nfl when i was 19 i got the call to go into the nfl 27 years later it took me 27 years to get into the nfl and I had written down the same note card that I wanted to referee the Super Bowl at age 51. That took me 
34 years, 33 years to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and all along that journey, I wasn't worried about the outcome part. I was just worried about what was in front of me that day. We're in the middle of training camp right now, as you know. I don't even know what I actually am in my home city for like 20 minutes. So I can go to my kid's football game tonight. I'll go back to a preseason game. I'll drive tomorrow. 21 days of training camp. Spin it. That's all I cared about. And if you watch the players in the NFL, you know this. You you know a lot. You know you were repped a lot of players back in the day. All those players and coaches care about is though they get six. Some of them starters get six reps in a practice. Six practice reps. That's all they get to be a pro. And they take such good. So at, for the audience, your audience here, it's to me, it's all about just persistent, consistent behavior, and just let the outcome be the outcome. And not everyone's going to grow to be a billion dollar business and that's fine just be in your own space life's pretty good where you are you know yeah well that's a real key last thing real quick there's so many you know bullshitters there's so many people that are standing in front of cars that they don't own especially in this space you know and they're telling you uh they can do this for you and you know i've spent five years paying more dummy tax betting out people that are just trustworthy that will test and go. And what I've learned is number one, the biggest uh, thing beyond being consistent and persistent in the pursuit of my own potential, like you stated, is that I need to be a fast learner. You, you know, I, I need to be a fast learner because things are changing so fast that, uh, you know, I have a 25 no rule, which is, you know, truly uh, insulary to being a fast learner. It's that, okay, you received a no, if it was an open mind that gave you a no, right? Because you should be trained now to vet a closed mind and run away from it because it takes so much time, energy, emotion, value, and money to re-engineer a closed mind. Just when you get one, run away. But when you get a no from an open mind, you know, you got to get the lesson out of it because it's not them, it's you. You're not articulating a quantitative value. You're not as good as you think you are. Your solution doesn't address what you think it addresses or you can't communicate it effectively, whatever it may be. And so being a fast learner is so important. What are some of the bigger lessons that you've learned from experiencing people who maybe oversold you, back-end sold you, lied to you, manipulated and cheated you about how you could be a brand overnight or I can get you a million followers if you do this raffle, you know, or, you know, A, we'll put, you could be a doctor, you know, go go to, you know, some ministry and for $19.99 be a doctor of metaphysics, put doctor, you're, you're, you're now Dr. Brian Neal, but go, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I should I should look that up. I should start a university, shouldn't I? Yeah. It's um for for us, it's a core it's a core premise that I teach all of our sales clients, any business person I'm coaching, and I've thought about it the whole way through my whole referee journey. It all comes back to what is my pure intention? What is my pure intention? If I'm trying to get rich quick, why do I want a bunch of money? Why do I want a bunch of followers? And if I'm not grounded in good intention, I'm off base going in, dead on arrival. If I'm grounded in good intention. All those things that you just talked about are much easier to handle because I'm just I'm good. I'm not ready for them yet. I wasn't ready to get the NFL for 27 years, and then I was, and that's why the God Force and whoever moved it put it in place, and I got there. I wonder sometimes if I had gotten there sooner, if I would have had some of the success that I've been lucky enough to have, you know, since I've been there. Um, even working with you, like you said, there's so many gurus running around saying this and that, da 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 da. da. Um, 
I hit you up on Instagram totally cold because I saw you were going to be an Indian. Said, can I interview on my, on my podcast? You said, yes. Can you be at the hotel at six in the morning? I said, I'll be there on a Saturday morning. Most people, it's good intention. You had good intentions. I did. I wasn't trying to like, you know, I thought you're really cool and a really open guy, and you were. And then I went to the wrong freaking hotel. <laughs> but we, we made it work, didn't we? Remember that? We did. Anyway. So, man, people just ground themselves in their intention and just don't don't worry about all that stuff. Um, those no's and all those things that come along, they're just part of the journey. There's something in it for all of it. And if it's not today, it might be tomorrow or it might be never. Yeah. Put so much pressure on the shit that, yeah. Yeah, I love I love that line. I think you, you got to use that more on your speeches. It might be never. Right. We do have an energy. We have an energetic and genetic inheritance. And, you know, I am you're an NFL referee well when i was you know five and 10 and 15 and even 20 i kept writing down i was going to be an nfl player and you know what it it was never yeah in this lifetime never if i believe in multiple lifetimes so i've i've notched up a level for my genetic and energetic inheritance next life right but i i it was it's not going to happen in this lifetime i i i can tell you and and i'm a big thinker bro but that's not going to – I may change the world and empower people to be happy, uh, but I'm not going to be a pro football player. And you know what? That's part of the journey, right? That That's okay because I will tell you that the closest I've come to my potential is being an average Division three football player. That, that – for my potential. You know, other people's potential, that's embarrassing, right? Warren Moon used to make fun of me like – don't even tell people you played college football, Dave. It's embarrassing, right? And so, yeah, if I had your potential, uh, Warren Moon, I would be embarrassed if I was telling people, yeah, you know, I was a Division three football player. But I don't. And I will tell you, other people don't have my potential at certain, certain things, and some other people don't have uh, your potential at certain things. But we don't have potential of a Warren Moon at what he does or maybe a Tony Robbins at what he does or whoever it may be. Anyway, B, where can people find you? I want everyone to follow Brian Neal. He's an incredible follower. He speaks, writes books. He's a coach, and he's an incredible. Uh, how can first of all, what do you, do you wear the same number when when you're refing? Ninety two. So watch the TV. Look for number ninety two. You'll know Brian Neal. He'll hopefully be back to the Super Bowl. They let people uh go back to the Super Bowl, don't they? They don't just mix it around, do they? Back to back. Not back to back. You you gotta sit out at least one year. So oh, good. conference championships can I get and all I'm worried about the uh, kickoff on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just make sure the quarterback puts the ball down, you know, gives you the ball, doesn't put it down. We had that problem last year. We, we got that fixed. I think we fixed that, among other things, in the offseason. <laughs> so, yeah, Brian Neal on LinkedIn. I'm really, really active on LinkedIn. Uh, so just go uh, send me a connection request there. Our website is uh, blind-zebra.com. You can see all sorts of coaching programs we have, mostly for salespeople and all my keynote speaking stuff uh, is available there, too. So blind-zebra.com. Or go hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Brian Neal on LinkedIn. Love to see everybody. That's awesome. If you can't make fun of yourself, who can you make fun of? An incredible guy, Ryan Nurse, is in the house. Thanks, Brian. I'll see you soon. Awesome. I want to thank everybody on Clubhouse for your patience. We uh, had a little technical difficulty as I closed out my uh, Clubhouse, which sucks. But anyway, we got more fun, more family coming on. Uh, I want to give people insight from some of the greats here and uh, enjoying uh, their journeys as well. Uh, This next, next guy is an incredible entrepreneur, philanthropist. He is on a mission uh, 
and I love his attitude and I love his podcast. If you haven't checked out the all in podcast, uh, if you don't have an all in attitude, uh, the number one common denominator of all the great people that I've been uh, blessed to meet is that they have a desire that they must be what they can be. Uh, they are all in. And this guy comes from nothing. Uh, and now he's had a huge exit. He's a huge entrepreneur, podcaster, and he's really focused in on empowering our uh, youth. And I want to welcome Rick Jordan. What's going on, my brother? What's shaking, my man? I know it's it's so good to see you now we have so many entrepreneurs in here uh so many mindset heart set and handset people um you are someone who subscribes to the make a lot of money help a lot of people have a lot of fun in your life um give everyone a little bit of background you know how you develop the all-in attitude how you got to where you are today yeah, it goes back, and we've talked about this a little bit, to my parents and the awesome foundation relationship that they had, especially my dad, before he passed away when I was 16, and how he was always there. I played baseball for nine years. He was at every single game, coached, you know, just always showing up. And that was the, the foundation that was laid for me. And then I, I did go through a period, which we had been talking about, to where I didn't really feel like a lot of people were showing up in my life. Yeah. Uh, at times, even immediately after that, it's like that's not ever the, the camp that I want to fall in. And there's, there's a grind, man, and the ability to ask for help. It's like if I can make it, and I, because of being all in, then that's literally anybody. You know, sure, I've got talents, sure, I've got abilities that are, that are genetic, that are within me, but so much of that still has to be honed, and so much of it still has to be sought after in order to raise it up about 10 more levels so we can actually see the results you're looking for. And you just don't freaking quit, man. It's a, no matter how much you get beaten down, no matter how much you, you get told no, you know, well, there might be one no that you might want to listen to, and that would be the one that it starts to resonate with you, with you from somebody that you actually respect. But most of the no's that you hear are people that are just in a position to where they cannot see your vision and they cannot see your dream. And that's okay because it's yours. And the dream stops only when the dreamer stops dreaming. Yeah, it, it's so interesting, too, that we have a thermostat. You know, Ed Milet and I talk about this all the time. And, and when I think about you, I think you told me your dad made, you know, like 40 grand a year. And, you know, growing up in Chicago. Yeah, growing up in Chicago. And how big was your, your last exit? Um, my last exit is, uh, well, I'm currently in in present right now and taking the company public, but it's close to 9 million. Yeah. And there's a, there's a huge shift in our mindset, you know, that, you know, you're surrounded by your dad. He's showing up all the time. Your reality is within the context of $40,000 a year. That This is what I am. How were you able to, you know, break through the, the limitation of the thermostat? Uh, you know, and for me, it was a big deal because I always say part of the reason that I had so much self-sabotage and losing over a hundred million dollars was that, you know, I had to reset my thermostat back to that poor kid uh, that grew up in Ohio and I didn't think I was worthy. I, I couldn't even imagine what I had every day. It was like unreal. I felt unworthy of it because my mom made $17,000 a year. How were you able to break through or work through the thermostat that you obviously had grown up with genetically and energetically. 
That's an interesting perspective, man, because it is that, because you always bring yourself back to it. The question of, of uh, you look at, at the thermostat, and if I could paraphrase it, because that question of why me still pops up in my head almost every single time something really good happens to me. Yeah. Wow. And it's, and it's and in that moment, I have to stop and reflect. And after, you know, I'm 42, after like 20 years of going after everything that I wanted, I finally came up with an answer to that just about two years ago. And the, the short answer, which maybe everybody can grab onto, is just simply because I will. And, and there's so many that, that will just will not because of what, whatever energetic surroundings they have because of whatever limitations they feel that are really being placed on them from other people. It's typically not your own limits that, you know, limitations are probably something that's inbred in you or pushed upon you from other people, and then you have to accept those, and they become yours. I don't think there's a single limitation that's ever been in my head that hasn't been given to me from being in an environment that I was in or being around people that I've been around. So that question, why me, pops up every single time. Just because I, I, I don't know. I always go back to that to that kid who was ten years old or you know eleven years old, where I was begging my parents for Nike shoes to be cool in school, rather than the pro wings they would buy me from Payless, because I thought that was it. You know, just like the guys I heard you like standing next to the fake car or the cars that aren't theirs, right? <laughs> the same thing. That that was in my head at ten years old, man. It's amazing because you know when I talk about why me, I have a why me, try me kind of attitude you know instead of being a why me person be a try me person but i never thought of the why me side of why me am i so blessed um and part of the reason is is that you know through the work that i did to feel worthy of everything that i had it created a relationship a faith relationship that i'm being protected and promoted not why me victim and therefore, if I'm protected and promoted, you could try me for anything. And I'm just looking for the light, the love and the lessons. And it really does come down to, you know, one, I expect miracles in my life. There's a major paradigm shift. And you do, too. Like, I'm around you. And, you know, whether we're just sitting in, in the studio yesterday and it was like, oh, my gosh, this is so I'm here. This guy's here. Oh, I'm just expecting it. Right. It's no surprise. I was blessed. You know, J.B. Bernstein came by. Uh, if you guys don't know him, check him out. Uh, but I was sitting there going, this is like a summer camp. I'm sitting in the wind in, in the studio in Vegas and I'm here with like really cool people and have a meetup. It was like summer camp to me. Right. And then I get, but I expect it now and I expect it because of who I am. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am happy. I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? And then two, I you know, not only expect miracles because of who I am, I will receive them because of who God is. And, right, and and then I will be able to offer them because I'm a part of God. And that's where that empowerment comes in. You know, for you, as a, a la last question, you protect and serve so many people. You know, you have a cybersecurity, you know, expertise, business, the amazing success that you've had in your life. You know, for you, I'm more interested in how you're so good at that last part, offering and sharing what you have without any fear that you're going to lose what you have. I think there's purposes about that. That's an interesting thought, too. I think there's purposes that we all find, you know, and I remember sixth grade in Sunday school. So we're talking about God here. I remember sixth grade in Sunday school. 
it was the very first time I, I spoke publicly, if you want to call it that. I just piped up and said, hey, can I teach some Sunday when I'm only 10 years old? Nice. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. You know, and I taught on Noah's Ark, but, but this is the knowledge part and giving away what I have because I went in there and I started using, like looking at the details, you know, in the, in the scripture, and how many cubits wide this ship was for Noah's Ark, how many cubits long, and then how many cubits tall. You know, I don't remember the numbers, but I remember we, I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, does anybody actually realize the huge undertaking that this actually was? And it wasn't about, you know, God's grace and the rainbow and anything like that. It was like, this was a massive undertaking that Noah went after and just said, yes, I will. And then he gave everything that he had towards that. Didn't care about return because he just knew that that was his purpose. And this is 10 years old, I'm saying this. You know, to just become a student of everything that's around you. But when I talk, when I teach, you know, I know that if I give out everything that I have in that moment, 10% of people will actually listen because 90% will go away, right? And then 10% of that 10%, so only 1%, will actually start to maybe take some action. And then another 10% of that 1% will actually accomplish something similar to what I have. So it's a numbers game. The more that I reach, I know that I can give out as much of myself as possible because I know that it's just a small fraction are actually going to accept and then act on what I say. But if I don't even get up there like I was 10 and say, hey, I've got something to say because I will, coming full circle because I will, then nobody gets reached. Nobody else gets blessed which means I'm holding it all to myself, which is not the reason we're here on this purpose, on this planet, is to hold it all to ourselves. We're here to give out everything we have. And you certainly do. That's why you're all in. And are you all in with what you are on purpose with is a key question, you know, that we have to ask ourselves. It's not just being all in. Some people are so busy working, Rick, they forget to even make money. They're all in from nine to five. They go the extra mile every once in a while, but they don't live that empty mile all in with what you want, not what's missing, what you don't have or what other people want for you. And if you want to learn about going all in, you got to follow my friend, Rick Jordan, check out the all in podcast anywhere else you want to drive people to come see you. Brother, that's really the only place right now. I mean, you can always check out my company. I've got a public offering that's out, you know, to, that's just reach out technology. But soon you start, I'm on global media, you'll start to see me. This is the beauty of it, right? Because all of a sudden, after all these years of doing things now, as I'm sure you realize, big media outlets and everything come to me. Like, hey, can we pay you to be on every single week? This isn't something I would have realized five years ago when I launched my personal brand, like you were talking about. Never would have thought about it in a million years. But now it's like I, they actually think that I have something to say that matters to people or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, your insight and expertise is of great value. That's why they pay you to go on the Bloombergs of the world, CNBCs, etc. I've seen you around and really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time here today. I'll talk to you soon, man. Take care. Appreciate you, brother. You're amazing. Vice versa. All right. It is the Road to Revenue Training in October, I've been 23 years doing this for free, training people, bringing on people to tell their stories, teach their lessons. Life is about lessons. Uh, one of the greatest lessons I know is about how do we codify lessons, positive lessons. And uh, the next person I am inviting up 
uh, is learning about those lessons. And we're going to forget every lesson that we learn. So therefore, we better have a system uh, to codify the lessons that resonate most with us. You don't got to write down every lesson or you don't think or believe that you can remember every lesson. I love to simply write down the lessons that resonate with me and then use that as a repository, a database in order to effectuate telling stories to teach those lessons, whether it's in interviews, speeches, trainings, wherever it may be, the better you know the lessons, the more you can teach because you have the stories in order to effectuate that. But as listeners and learners, we just want to write down uh, or codify the lessons that resonate with ourselves. All right, let's bring on uh, an amazing guest here. This is uh, someone who has probably the most momentum uh, of anyone that I've seen on the internet. And uh, there she is. Uh, talk about overnight success. Uh, Alicia Covey, thank you for joining me. I can tell you out of all the clients I have, all the people, you know, the most talked about person right now is you. Uh, you have, you're, you're like the new sex in the city. It's like uh, you're a woman, uh, equity, empowerment, uh, but uh, to the masses, people just resonate with your frequency. You built a huge neighborhood in a very short amount of time. What do, what do you, you know, there's millions of people that are trying to do what you do and you've leaned into your brand. Um, what do you attribute your, you know, expedited success? Well, David, first of all, thank you for having me on. Second of all, I just appreciate all the kind words that you have just said, but then also the amazing lessons that you've taught me. I feel like I was kind of banging my head against a wall trying to figure out, you know, who am I? Where can I give the most? I've had a lot of success, you know, business to business, but I felt like there was more for me and I wanted to reach women and help them see that, you know, we can do anything we put our minds to. And what would I attribute that overnight success to? I think there's been a lot of work put in and a lot of effort, but the traction hit. And where that came from was you. You were so willing to give and so willing to share a path and these lessons that you're talking about. And so really all I did was listen and implement the ones that resonated with me. So you hit the nail on the head right before you, know, you went into it. Find the things that resonate with you and follow them and be true to yourself. Why do you think, you know, we were talking earlier about, you, you're like, Dave, this is easy. You know, why don't more people do it? And I talk about consistent, persistent pursuit. I talk about, you know, preying on apathy uh, that people, they, you know, it's like the people that won't take down any of the notes of the lessons that they've learned from you or Brian or, or Rick, but they'll think they can just know it. And they'll go through trainings and masterminds and coaching sessions and spend a for They're willing to make the investment, Alicia, in money, in time to learn it, but there's nothing behind it. And what I find is so special about you is you're the most non-apathetic person I've ever met. Like you're one of those people you get, okay, you'd be a great chef, by the way, because if I gave you a recipe, you would execute on the recipe to perfection. Right. You don't. You, it's beautiful. And you still would be able to make it your own. When I say perfection, your perfection, not mine. And what I love about a great chef is I can give you the greatest banana bread uh, recipe that I love. But you would be and you take my banana bread and make it not only your own, but you would make it better. 
why do you think it is that people, number one, won't even make the banana bread after paying for the recipe and sitting through the cooking class? And two, they're too afraid to make the recipe their own. And so now they just go through the motions. They get through, so busy working, they don't make any money or whatever else their outcome may be. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting thing that you're bringing up. It's from my perspective, I think that people are scared. It's like, oh man, I got this recipe. And if we stick with that, you know, idea, I got this recipe from David Meltzer. It can't be any better if he already perfected this. Like, who am I to think that I can do better? And it's not, if you can take the better out of your head and realize that I'm not trying to make what David gave me better. I'm trying to make the information that David shared with me and the wisdom and the knowledge applicable to me and then the people who are going to relate to me. So when I learn from you, I have to realize that, okay, I'm, I'm learning from Dave and then I'm going to put the lens of how does this work for Alicia on it? Because as much as I love you and think that you're amazing and I want to apply every lesson that you teach me, you we are still different. You're a man and I'm a woman. And so I have to be able to take the info and then transition it to how can I make this applicable to me and, and realize that sometimes that's not smooth. Sometimes you have to make the banana bread five, 10, 15 times, but don't worry. It's okay. There's, it's not a failure. That's a, an improvement and a process on the way. And you're looking for excellence, not perfection. And one of the things that we have to realize from our perspective, uh, because now, you know, just recently, so many people came to you and want you to coach them, which I love. And you were, he you were hesitant. You're, you were like me when I started coaching, like Dave, I, I really never thought I would do this. And what do you think? And, you know, within one day you have all these clients and you were just saying, yes, yes, yes. But we have to realize, and I want everyone to realize this, that's listening just because not only it works for me, it doesn't mean that that's what you should want, right? Like I, I do tons of interviews every day. You may not like doing interviews. I, I, I have tons of coaching calls every day. You may not like to do that. And so I think it's really important that it goes both ways that we have to realize when we're teaching lessons that, hey, the, this is the advice if you want to do that. If you want to have a podcast and get it to be this size, or you want to have a podcast and sell it, or whatever your objectives are, or maybe I, you got to know from our perspective, that's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. A, and you're really good at that too. Like, there's certain things you don't want to do that I do. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, number one, if you trust your coach, and you believe that they can see things from a perspective that's been there, done that, then when you hear something that you're just like, oh, I think you really need to dive into that. Are you feeling that way because it makes you nervous and it makes you expand? Or are you feeling that way because that recommendation doesn't light you up? And so with the coaching thing, I think you had mentioned it to me months ago and I was like, nah, that's not really. And then as I started down the path of the podcast and realizing how I could connect with my tribe because of you, you were so willing and such an open book. Then I realized, oh, this is why he was telling me to prepare for coaching because it gives me another outlet to help and then to also move forward and grow. And so, you know, what is, there's a thing, and I bet you, you know, it, it's like, until you're able to teach something, you don't fully comprehend it, yeah. right? So I think that that's what you were trying to tell me. And I wasn't 
quite able to connect the dots when you had originally brought it up. But because I trusted you, because you are my coach, I was able to get there and you were patient with me as I you know, walked through that process. I think it's funny. I tell people all the time, if you can teach something or make it seem simple, you, then you know it. Right. When you when, when you can make it seem simple. I love simple because that's coinciding. Uh, simple is confirmation that you're coinciding with the universe, that you have less interference, resistance. Uh, effortless is proof in the pudding uh, when you're in the flow. And so, you know, these things uh, real quick is there, there's a lesson that I, that I've learned by coaching you. And it, it is about fear. Uh, because we talk about this interference. I call interference, I-N-T-E-R-F-E-A-R-A-N-C-E, interference. Um, And I have a new practice, and we haven't even talked about it in too much detail, but it was developed from coaching you. Um, And part of being a coach is it gives you an opportunity to, to practice right to to try to learn and it's you know it's not just if you have a, a coaching practice or a mentoring practice and you don't make a penny from it for your whole life i promise you exponentially you'll receive way more than you give in your time uh, but here's the lesson that you taught me and i'm developing it i've always talked about identifying fear you know the need to be right offended separate inferior superior anxious frustrated angry guilty and when you identify it spend minutes and moments in it don't resist it go over and under it through it around it fight it you know deny it you know simply stop remind remember and recollect to the great source to determine what is it i want who can i help with this who can help me with this and how best can i get it done and then prioritize it accordingly into your or reprioritize it according into your activities of the day that's limited by 24 hours and then you're applying your why um here's what's interesting i always thought of identifying fear was only useful in the clearing of the interference to be more inspired in spirit more connected to and through an omniscient all-powerful all-knowing source that liberates our light and that we can liberate other people's life with but what makes identification of fear so important and you taught me this is that sometimes we identify fear for the utilization in the real pragmatic circumstance. What I mean by this is that you were someone that taught me through your answers and your questions, Dave, everybody's fearful. And so if I can identify fear first, I can utilize that to get up or get started or get back started or get back up when I get my butt kicked. And then I use less fuel with that fear because as i transition from getting up off the ground into getting there in a trajectory of what i think i want it's the utilization of fear only can exist by the way if we can identify fear and so i wanted to thank you but also use it as an example that through mentoring coaching and teaching we can increase our own capabilities and our own philosophies and strategies uh, real quick, what's one of the lessons that you've learned? Now, you're a new coach, but what's one of the lessons that you've learned from mentoring, not being mentored? From mentoring, I think that it's really realizing that you have so much to give. 
and just stepping back to be thankful for that you you I don't know how most people are but I discount a lot of what I do I'm like oh well that was easy because once you get through it uh growing that company five thousand percent that was easy no it wasn't (laughs) but you forget everything you've accomplished and so taking those few moments to be grateful to the universe for all the lessons that you've learned and just allowing those lessons to come back to you and oh this is how I got there this is how I did that and really one of my favorite lessons that I've learned and I now share with others is look for the light the love and the lesson in every single thing because it's always there and if you'll do that it just makes you such a happier person and your ability to stay connected to your source God you know the universe whatever you want to call it so much easier and clearer and then the second is just getting out of your own way every day I wake up and I'm like okay God please just help me step out of my own way because I'm watching things happen that I can't control. I can only do the things that I'm being led to do and that's all I'm being asked to do. And so if I do those to my best ability, then the rest of it is up to God, the universe. I'm like, it's in your hands now. So Exactly. But you got to do the work. You got to have the law of gravity, like you said, to appreciate, not take for granted of where we are at the right place at the perfect time, but you need the law of Goya. And to me, you are definitely a girl of Goya get off your ass. This girl gets off her ass and makes it happen. And then she gets out of her own way by identifying and utilizing fear in the appropriate manner in a trajectory of what she wants, not what other people want or telling, laughing, scoffing, or making fun, but simply what she wants and accelerating in that direction every day by learning these lessons. You are a great learner, a great intelligent follower, which makes you a great leader. You got to check out Alicia Covey. Where can people find you, Alicia? Uh, you know, the best place is on Instagram, just Alicia Covey. And then, of course, they can go to my website, too, if they're interested, aliciacovey.com. Super easy. And it's Alicia with an E. Alicia with the E. Thank you so much. You have entertained us and enlightened us with ease as well. We appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, David. You, too. Have a fabulous day. <laughs> All right. All right. I went a little bit of overtime. I usually like to have 30 minutes of Q&A. But uh, I just had such great guests. I want to thank Brian Neal, Alicia Covey, and, of course, the great Rick Jordan. Check all of them out. Uh, Jake, why don't we reset the room? we got about 14 minutes to take some questions. Let's do it. Thank you, Brian Neal, Alicia Covey, Rick Jordan, for joining for the IG Live Showcase. This is the Breakfast with Champions quickly resetting the room. Let's take a quick second, everybody. Let's continue to share at the bottom there. There is an arrow. Let's share on Clubhouse, share on Twitter, share on uh, messages, share on LinkedIn, wherever you can. Let's also take a quick second. Follow the people next to you. Follow the people on stage. We are creating an unbelievable community here on Clubhouse. So, Dave, should we take a question here on Clubhouse and uh, get the Q&A going? Uh, Let me just take one online real quick, and then we'll do bring somebody up. Is that cool? Perfect. We'll bring up Khalil when you're ready. All right, perfect. It will just be a quick moment. Quick question. Any advice for making a new habit? Um, Look, you need to be coherent. You need to have a habit machine. Coherence is remembering what you want and doing it. Uh, In order to create a new habit, utilizing and identifying fear in a correct manner, we need to lower the bar. You know, there's so many different things. We had uh, office hours this morning, and there was like 16 different pieces of advice about being healthy. And I'm thinking to myself, this is overwhelming. And then I realized, hold on a second. I need to prioritize my habits by time because there's plenty of time. The time that's relative in the past, defined and limited only by inflection points and divine moments and the 
unlimited time in the future defined and limited by nothing. But today, the 24 hours is the only limitation that we have to our habits. And therefore, knowing that the consistent, persistent effectuation of habits, new habits are best utilized by lowering the bar and lowering the time. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. So if you want to work on your flexibility, if you want to work on your balance, if you want to work on your strength, if you want to work on your nutrition, lower the bar, start low, give it a minimum of two minutes a day, every single day. And pretty soon that habit, according to uh, your own unconscious competency, your energetic and genetic inheritance, your quantum being, according to that will determine how fast you can develop the habit, but also how difficult it will be to ingrain that habit into your unconscious uh, will be determined by that quantum being that you are. But in order to do so, the best statistical success is to know what you want, who you can help, who can help you, how to get it done and prioritize those by utilizing the limitation of each day, 24 hours to lower the bar and lower the time. If you can lower the bar and lower the time and remember to do it and do it, I promise you that habit will come faster and more accurately than you ever imagined. All right, Jakey of the Bakey, let's bring up Khalil. Khalil, welcome to the clubhouse. If you can please unmute yourself and ask David your question. Welcome, Khalil. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. Thank you, Room. Thank you, world. Um, good day to everyone. So my question is, uh, in becoming an entrepreneur, how can you do more with less and still attract money, influence, and bring value and not lose oneself in this pursuit? Well, there's a lot to unpack in that very concise question. <laughs> so I, it's a good question. Um, I use five daily practices to do that. It encompasses everything, right? And it, it encompasses everything. I use an idea of, okay, first in the daily practices, in order to determine what I want today in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future, tomorrow, five years, 50 years, 500 years, I need to know according to what I want today in that trajectory, per personally, experientially, giving wise, productivity wise, and receiving wise, accessibility wise. If in order to determine what I want in that trajectory, I have to review the meaning that I'm giving the past. Because if the meaning that I'm giving the past, if I'm nursing something that's interfering with my trajectory, if I'm cursing something that's interfering with my trajectory, or if I'm rehearsing, telling the stories wrong about my past, I'll never get to where I wanna be. It'll slow me down, it'll create resistance. So I wanna know what I want today, understanding the correct meaning that I give the unlimited relevant past to the unlimited relevant future that I think I want and I'm willing to change my mind uh, each day from the lessons I've learned today. Once I know the first daily practice of what determined upon the meaning of the past and the trajectory of the future, I now look at the fastest way to get what I want. There's two things you need to do to get what, what you want without losing yourself, by the way. Who can I help get what they want and who can help me get what I want? That's why my morning prayer is may God put at least 10 people in front of me that I can help and may God put at least 10 people in front of me that can help me. When you accelerate and elevate, you will know not only what you want, but you will give it the most value 
by living in a value-add circumstance of giving and receiving. Remember, it's just not giving that adds value to the universe, but when we receive, we're adding value to the universe, not just to us, not just to the person receiving from, but those who witness it as well. So the first practice of knowing what you want, the second is who can I help and who can help others, who can help you, and then the third practice is know your how. In order to determine your now, you need to reconcile time with your productivity the activities you get paid for, the activities you don't get paid for, the activities you have planned, the activities you don't have planned, and your sleep. Those are all the different areas in which we reconcile time in order to effectuate the how, to be efficient, effective, and statistically successful, getting what we want, elevating others, and elevating ourselves. When we can reconcile time by being a student of our calendar, by paying attention and giving intention what we think, say, do, believe, and feel in a trajectory of what we want, when we give attention and intention, it creates the coincidences in a much more simple, efficient way with less interference, F-E-A-R. And when we know our how by utilizing and reconciling time with productivity, with accessibility of how are we accessing what we want and how accessible are we to others, not allowing the ego to create separation between those, we also also reconcile time with gratitude, saying, is it worth my time to find the light, the love, and the lessons in this person, this idea, this circumstance, this event, this hope, this dream? Is it worth my time? Because the only limitation of today is the 24 hours the man-made construct that ties us all together on earth in the same linear time. And so when we know our what, making it a possibility, or who, making it a probability, we now change our perspective by reconciling time with productivity, accessibility, and gratitude with the how, which now becomes our perception. Now that we've created, today been able to take the possibility probability perception in a trajectory of what we think we want tomorrow we now need to prioritize we need to know our now prioritization is the formulation of now 100 percent of the things you do now get done obviously that's more statistically successful efficient and effective way of getting what you want so prioritization the antidote of being and doing and being uh, overwhelmed being blessed with overwhelmed of more than enough to do, more than enough options, opportunities, and touches of favor, which I now prioritize to utilize as an antidote to procrastination, sitting around dreaming about what I want, sick, high, and broke on my mom's couch. Instead, I'm actually utilizing the law of gravity, Goya, and allowance in order to effectuate my now. When we know our now, not only have we made our idea of the meanings that we gave the past the inflection points into five moments of the past into a possibility by knowing what we want in a trajectory of what we think we want, but also we've made it a probability by knowing who we can help and who can help us by elevating others and elevating ourselves. But we made it our perception by knowing our how, by reconciling time, the man-made construct with productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. But now we're prioritizing and making it a reality because 100% of the things we do now, think, say, do, believe, and feel, get done. And when we now use those four daily practices to apply our why, which is the fifth daily practice, which is the identification of fear and utilization either to motivate, to get up or get back up, or to get there, inspiration, 
by identifying the needs of the ego, the fears of the ego, guilt, resentment, offense, separation, inferiority, superiority, anxious, frustrated, angry, etc. By the utilization of fear and the identification thereupon, what we're doing in the what, the who, the now, we are applying our why, we're living in spirit, we're living in the flow, and we are at ease. We are getting rid of the dis-ease. So I want to send everybody those five daily practices. Uh, if it's free, it's we. That's my new motto. If it's free, it's we. Email me, david at dmelzer.com. My books, my guides, my exercises, all you got to do is reach out. I'm here to empower others, to empower others, be happy to utilize the five daily practices to answer that question clear. Does that sound fair? Mm, wow. Yes. Thank you. You got it, my friend. I'll send you those five daily practices, though, so you can remember them, codify them, make them their own. I'll give you the banana bread re recipe. You make it better. You make it the way you want to make it. But it's a good foundation to start with. I appreciate you, Khalil. Jake, we got room for one more question. Where do you want me to take it? Let's do a question on Clubhouse here. And just quickly, if anyone wants any of Dave's trainings or guides, the five daily practices guys you just mentioned, just email him, david at dmeltzer.com. David at dmeltzer.com. Dave, let's take this last question on Clubhouse from Jesse Simon. Jesse, if you can unmute yourself and ask David your question, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me up. Um, so my question is, um, like when you're, when someone or like me is thinking about like worst case scenarios, how do you reverse that? <laughs> Great question. Thank you, Jesse. So. What Jesse's asking is, how do I stop focusing, paying attention to, and giving my intention to what I don't want? What's missing? What other people want for me? And I would say 80% or more of your time is spent on things that bleed you. And this is a thing that bleeds most people most. Most people have spent the majority of their lives and their times of their lives focusing in on what other people want for them, what they don't want or what's missing. And so what I want you to utilize is the five daily practices that we went over with Khalil, but especially pay attention to step number one, practice number one. Start practicing just practice number one of what do I want today personally, experientially, giving and receiving in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future, short-term, mid-term, and long-term. And then determine what meaning am I giving the past that is resisting or creating interference or void shortages and obstacles to what I want in the future? Am I not thinking big enough because I grew up with parents that made $40,000 a year? Am I not pursuing the arts because my parents said doctor, lawyer, or failure? Am I not starting a business because I'm afraid of losing all my money because I have put meaning to the defined moments inflection points in the past that there's not enough, that there's not enough money. You have to start by saying to yourself every day, taking inventory, this is what I want. Personally, I want this. I want to live to over 111 years old. Personally, I want to have a great relationship with my wife. Personally, I want to be empowering to my children. I do not want to entitle them. I want to empower them. Personally, I want to expand, grow, and accelerate at a pace that most people can't even imagine. I want my reality to exceed most people's imagination. Experientially, 
I want to speak on stage today. Experientially, I want to coach today. Experientially, I want a minimum of an hour today to utilize my health. A minimum today, experientially, to talk to this person. Giving-wise, I want to do free trainings for over 23 years, continually to do them every single Friday. It'll be 23 years in October. Accessibility-wise, I want to be accessible to millions of people and access what I want. I want to make more money. That's what I want to receive. I want to help more people and have more fun because I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. In order to have more fun, help more people, and make more money, I just got to figure out what I'm doing to interfere with the abundant, infinite source of all three of those. Jesse, practice the first step. See what meaning you're given the past, the defined moments and inflection points. Decide what trajectory you think you want in the future and stop focusing your attention and intention doing, saying, thinking, believing, and feeling what other people want, doing, thinking, saying, believing, and feeling what you don't want, doing, thinking, saying, believing, and feeling what's missing. Don't do it anymore. It's only about what you want in conjunction to your personal experiential giving and receiving values and a trajectory of what you think you want. It is 10 o'clock Central Time, 11 Eastern. That would make it about 7, uh, no, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Uh, I love this group. I love Breakfast of Champions. I want to thank Glenn Lundy. I want to thank all of you. I appreciate your patience with the technological advancements and mistakes that we're making. We'll try to get better for you. Most importantly, be more interested than interesting. Join us every single week. This is a great place to be interested and be kind. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds. If you want any of these, these five daily practices, if it's free, it's we, david at dmeltzer.com. Jake, close out the room, please. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everybody, for joining today on the Breakfast with Champions with David Meltzer. Uh, if anyone would like to follow up with David, it's just david at dmelzer.com, david at dmelzer.com. Thank you, everybody, for sharing. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.